This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Greetings. This is Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm about to have a conversation. I, Master Plo, have you heard of this conversation? Yes, Kotor Obi-Wan. You're listening to Star Wars Conversations here indeed. Conversations. I'm Charles. And I'm Pat, and this is Episode 61, Mickey and Minnie, Fast Pass and Magic Bands, Han and Leia, Epcot and Festivals, Chip and Dale, Blue Milk and Ronto Raps, and a galaxy of perfect pairings, none is more perfect than Disney and Star Wars. The perfect pairing made for perfect weekends. Oh, wow. Yes. And more importantly, you can't have Disney's Star Wars weekends without Disney and Star Wars. There you go. That's a pretty important component. Star Wars weekends. Oh, I love them so much. You know, obviously, the Lucas uh, slash Lucasfilm and Disney collaborations have gone back quite a ways. There's a rich history between them. Yeah. We talked about that with Tom and Michelle from the Hyperion Adventures podcast back on uh, episode 46. Um, We talked about like the you know, like the deeper cuts with, you know, Captain EO and of course, you know, Indiana Jones and everything. But yeah, great people, Tom and Michelle over at Hyperion Adventures podcast. Um, yeah. So in 1986, they, they collaborated on Captain EO. Right. Which I love. It's one of my favorite things of all time. And uh, it's just, it's just, it's that Star Wars feel, but it's got Michael Jackson, got the music, you know, it's, yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. So they did that. George executive produced it and, and Coppola actually directed. You know, that, that'll just never cease to amaze me. It makes total sense because they were all sort of part of that American Zeotrope and everything. So it makes all sense. But just those names, you think about the the creativity and the uh, the visionary uh, directors that they had uh, working together. It's just, it's stunning. Yeah. And it's just that, that, that bond that the creatives over at Disney and, and at Lucasfilm um, forged through that. They also did the... Uh, obviously star tours mm. in uh, 1987 at disney's mgm which is now obviously now star wars park um <laughs> well officially and, um, it's called hollywood studios but yes <laughs> yeah but is it is it is it we've uh we've okay. submitted several suggestions in the suggestion box to rename it star wars park but i don't think it's stuck yet uh, it's stuck up here yeah well that's it it's yeah it's our here. canon yeah, yeah that's fine exactly so, yeah, with it being MGM Studios and the whole backlot tour, this stunt stuff and everything, they did the whole like behind the scenes type of pulling the curtain back on filmmaking. So they added the, the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular yeah. um, in 1989. It was, um, you know, another collaboration between them that really um, helped forge this path of partnership between George Lucas and and Disney. I never unfortunately had the opportunity to see Captain EO live, but 
Indiana Jones experience is fantastic. And it's always exciting because you know that it's a it's live. It's going on as it happens. And there's that threat of something going wrong or, you know, the potential for it. And it's always a great story. And uh, you can see that adventure coming through this repeated performance. And I can't wait till it opens again. It speaks to the Disney experience. And it's just like a perfect fan experience for Indiana Jones. Yeah, absolutely. And um, being fans of both franchises, it's great to have that sort of one stop shop where you can you can get both of them in yeah. Star Wars Park. Yes. Um, so, you know, with all the time that they had spent together collaborating on these projects, they decided between Disney and, and Lucas, um, they decided that with the special editions coming out for the original trilogy, that they were going to have Star Wars weekend. So the special editions came out earlier in the year. And then in May, the Star Wars weekend started. So... So that was tied to the special editions release? Um, I don't know if it was tied to them, but it certainly was. Timing matches up. That's fascinating. Exactly. It's, it's sort of like, well, we're doing this in theaters and the hype is high. And let's kind of bring that all together here as well. Wow. That totally lines up time wise. That's really cool. Wow. So do you know who the first two celebrity guests were? I totally do. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to tell me who the first two celebrity guests were? Well, if you must. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's uh clearly it was Jeremy um Jeremy Bullock. Huh? Jeremy, Jeremy Bullock, Bullock, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean yeah, we all knew that. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. um Peter Peter Mayhew. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See? I mean yeah. Look, if you want me to drive the show more, just let me know. But uh... fine. Uh, no, no, no. You, you passed. That's the important part. Um, so yeah, so they were the first two like um, big draws the the first year, and then of course they had costumed characters and jazzed up the place Star Wars style um, in '97. Yeah. Um, and then they did it again in 2000 and 2001. Now, and that sort of lends. You know, because when I was looking through the dates and it's like, wow, there's a gap in there. So that, again, totally falls into what you're talking about, where the start, the first appearance of the Star Wars weekends, mm-hmm. 97 new releases. Yeah. Then you got 2000 with the prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, obviously, 99 was when Phantom Menace yeah. came out, but maybe it just took time to organize it. But it makes the lineup is completely makes sense. That's fascinating. Yeah, um, but you know, with it being traditionally four weekends a year, yeah, in uh, like end of May, beginning of June, the issue was uh, the demand. So what what happened was after two thousand one, they started holding them annually in two thousand three. Right. Yes. And then from two thousand three to two thousand fifteen, they um, were held annually, which was amazing because you'd go in May in May. And June and June, um, <laughs> because obviously you have to go to all of them. Right. Um, which, I mean, I say that in jest, but later on in the uh, 2010s era, they had like weekly swag or giveaways, you know what I mean? Oh, um, okay. And the um, Yoda and Chewie Star Wars Weekends posters That's were right. 
were two of the they were from the same year there were two of the weekends then there was i think mall and uh boba fett but yeah so essentially they they did urge people to come back for multiple weekends time grew on and they got more popular the demand grew i didn't even i was unclear as to what the the dates were and like the circumstances surrounding the Star Wars weekends when I first heard about them. And I'm like, well, this is something I have to do, obviously. Right. And I heard about it in like February and I'm like, well, it's a weekend. Where's the Star Wars? <laughs> and they weren't there. Okay. You know? So you grew up in Philly, right? Yes. Okay. Not that I didn't know that, but just sort of clarifying it for our, um, right, our right, small yeah, audience. Right. So you uh -huh. grew up in Philly. You moved to Florida in which year? 2007. Okay. When did you become an annual pass holder? 2009. Okay. I have no idea what this answer is going to be, but like which year did you attend? What was the first one you attended? 2010. Nice. Wow. Yeah, but it was still like two years after I became a pass holder and three years after I got here. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. It's a lot of Star Wars weekends to miss. Okay. How many did I miss? How about that? How about you ask me that question? All but one. <laughs> <laughs> all but the last one almost even worse <laughs> right right i got there when the lights were being turned off <laughs> that's true i think what did we go saturday or sunday we went saturday so it was like the second to last, last ever yes. star wars weekend yes yes unbeknownst to us but known to Disney. right right which you know that's a failure on their part because had we known that it would have been the last. We would have spent so much more money on stuff. Yeah. I would have. Yes. I don't know about you. I would have. <laughs> There's so much more stuff that I would have wanted, but I'm like, I'll get it next year. Right, right. Okay. And they're but, like, okay. yeah, no next year. Okay. Oh, but that's yeah, yeah, but that's okay. the end of it. I just want I just wanted to get in a sense of our timing. So you started in twenty ten. I attended Yeah, because like, like I said, I, I missed it um initially. The next opportunity to go, I was like, I'm going. And um, I took the family, and they had a, a very enjoyable time, except for um, probably my mother-in-law, who didn't understand who these robid creatures were. And, um, <laughs> robid. <laughs> and um, these people in this white armor looking like weirdos. I don't know. It's one of those things where, you know, as soon as I... I got the gist of how this whole thing worked, I was there. That's really cool. And that's the, you know, as an experience itself, and I, you know, we can get into my one and only time doing that later, but as sort of an encompassing experience from Disney's perspective and with uh, Lucas, of course, Lucasfilm at this point, which they were still very much separate in two different companies, the support that each side gave to these events to happen was quite fantastic because it's literally two brands that are very separate coming together for a, an entire month worth of weekend experiences for Star Wars fans. It really did give a boost to visibility of the franchise and, and the fans at a time where we were just exiting the prequel trilogy and with not much on the horizon. It was a obviously a great move for, for Lucasfilm and it provided Disney with a strong brand. Let's also take a moment to realize that as an annual pass holder or as anybody walking in the park with those tickets that day, they could take part in this 
somewhat immersive experience for the same price. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, as this thing grew and expanded and included the 501st, all sorts of parades and panels, and then, you know, obviously the talent from the franchise uh, doing autographs and um, like stage shows and obviously the merchandise, artwork and all that stuff. Um, But to just see it, to just be a part of it was a huge, huge thing. In fact, my one one of the times um, my daughter wanted to see she had a dark side streak for sure, like they did. You know, the Disney parks do the face painting. Yes, know? yes, yeah. So so they did uh, like Darth Maul face painting, and she's like, "I want to get my face painted." I'm like, "All right, you know, we'll do that." So she's like, "Ah, Darth Maul." So they're like, "Okay, well, do you want it in like pink or purple?" She's probably like four, and she's like, "No, he has a red. I want it in red." And they're like, are you sure? Is that? She's, she's four like, listen. And she's, oh, my gosh. She's like, listen, Darth Maul has black and red. I want black and red. That is awesome. And I'm like, okay. So then she gets it all done. Face paint artist is like, do you at least want some glitter? She's like, yeah, glitter's fine. <laughs> so, so she was glitter Darth Maul. Um, but, hey, you got to have some glitter. I mean, really. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, I can't get you to pick, you know. You know, maybe less intimidating colors, but uh, glitter, glitter, glitter. Fine. <laughs> that passes. So, um, yeah, yeah. So you know, she did that, and then she saw Darth Maul, and he was being like super intimidating, and she stepped right up to him and was like, "I'm super intimidating too, with glitter." This <laughs> is a ridiculous thing that you're not gonna see anywhere else. So then she also wanted to see Vader, so we stood in line for Vader for way long. There was no fast pass or anything. It was like way long way long <laughs> so you know the next year she wanted to dress up as vader i was like okay well wow. i mean it's june in florida <laughs> what do we want to wear all black with a hat okay let's and a do cape it. <laughs> yeah exactly so she yeah she had her little vader outfit on with her little little like winter cap that had like Vader's size on it and stuff. It was, it's a pretty cool cat. But anyway, um, it's like for the wintertime. And right. she's wearing it in, in the heat of June. <laughs> and we're heading down to to see Vader. And I'm like, okay, we'll stand in this two-hour line again because wow. that's what she wants to do. And I'm a good father. It was like lunchtime, yo, and he was getting hungry. So Vader actually is down Streets of America because he's down in the back over near where the uh, stunt show entrance was. Okay. All right. Back back in the day. Back in the, the day, yes. Of America were there. Um, so we're heading down the streets of America, and she's, you know, just looking around or whatever, and he's coming up. Like, it was like shift change or something. I don't know. Um, so he's coming up streets of America, and she's, you know, dancing around because, she, you know, she dances. That's what she does. And <laughs> she turns around, and he's, like, five feet away. <gasps> And so, you know, and she, you know, she's like five at this point and uh, super tiny. So he comes up to her and she, she pulls out her lightsaber and strikes a menacing pose. And he, you know, bends down to so that he's in the same frame of the, of the camera shot. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, and we get a photo with Vader literally not even getting to the line. 
Um, wow. So yeah, and it was just and it's because she's dressed as Vader. I was like, all right, that's well, awesome. Saves us two hours. Now we can go do it. <laughs> um, yeah. So that kind of stuff where you just are gonna see that stuff and be a part of that stuff just because you're in the park. If you're not a Star Wars fan, I would imagine that it's it's terrifying. Or just like, you know, just passes like, oh, well, just another character that I'm not interacting with. And what's yeah. this uh, Star Trek stuff that's going on? Yeah. Yeah. What's that, what's that big walking carpet doing here? <laughs> so at the outset of the Star Wars weekends. Yes. That's where Disney uh, Star Wars eyes their iconic characters right it's like mickey and minnie and which was a very very different branding approach for disney and very unique because they are no longer available right that is correct um i was at some sort of i think it was it might have been the um the festival of the arts at epcot um a few maybe 2017 maybe okay and some guy was buying a Darth Maul Donald. And the artist was there and he's like, excellent choice because we're not allowed to do these anymore. Wow. And this is the last, this is the last one. Wow. I immediately went up, punched the guy in the face, <laughs> grabbed the artwork and paid for it. No, um, no. So yes, Disney artists are not allowed to portray the, the Disney characters as Star Wars characters anymore. Wow. Which, which is, you know, it, again, and this goes back to if we knew that was the last weekend, I would have spent so much more money because I would have gotten that artwork because I love it. I think it's brilliant. But yes, they dress their characters up. Obviously, Leia was Minnie Mouse. Right. She had her little buns around her big ears. Yeah. And and then, of course, they had a um, a Jedi Mickey Mouse. Right. And he had his droid R2MK, <laughs> who was uh, awesome. he looked like an R2 unit, but his, his dome was red and he had little Mickey ears. On top. So cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so then they had like Darth Goofy and, um, yeah, and, and Don- Chip and Dale Ewoks. Right. And yeah. Donald was a stormtrooper originally, right? He was. They, um, they did some artwork of him as Han Solo. Really? But yeah, but then in the like meet and greets and all, he was a stormtrooper. Okay, yeah. So it's interesting. So then, like what you're saying, then the Festival of the Arts, where you saw him as Maul. So mm-hmm. it was open to interpretation because of the just, it was basically almost not a free for all, but like whatever interpretation you want to do, you're okay with until they put the clamp down on it. Well, listen, if you're going to have any Disney proper character play Darth Maul, it's going to be the one with the temper. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, that's just the way it is. This makes so, sense. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's like, uh, who are we going to do to get to do more? Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> it's going to be dumb. Um, but then, yeah. So, there was all sorts of artwork that kind of painted them in different lights. Um, <laughs> they had some, like, uh, Minnie Mouse uh, Padme, uh, Queen Amidala type of stuff as right. well. Which were very, um, you know, obviously beautifully done because yeah. Disney always has the best artists. But now I sound like Tom. Um, <laughs> but of course, they had the merchandise, all the figures and the, the artwork and all that. And then the cups and oh, the, the cups. Um, that's right. Yeah. You've got yes. several of those things. I do. Um, I have the the Tervis Tumblr from the last weekend. 
with Pilot Mickey and R2MK. Mm. And then I have a shot glass with Jedi Mickey, Donald, and Goofy. Wow. Yeah. That's talk about a collector's item on that one for sure. Yeah, I know. Very cool. So, um, yeah, and then, you know, of course, you know, they had themed gift cards, and I still have my Mickey Mouse Jedi Mickey gift I wish I got the Jedi Mickey Starfighter um, vehicle thing because I have the Episode 4 and Episode 6 Mickey Luke Skywalker figures, but they're, neither one are in Jedi robes, and that one had Mickey in Jedi robes, which is uh. super cool. I know. Again, if I knew, <laughs> then I would have spent obscene amounts of money. They announced the cancellation or the the end of star wars weekends in november of 2015 so sort of like a yes. blog post whatever so after the summer season had ended and way after. yeah way after. and obviously way before at this point in 2015 after the purchase and as the plans for um, the future of star wars within disney were announced but uh before we get to that we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk about some of the Star Wars weekend experience, like the car parade and all that stuff. And our first experience, my first and only experience, but our together experience of the Star Wars weekend as it was basically being ended. So we'll be right back. Oh, I could use a Belusion Mangue's liquor. Yeah, I'm thinking of whiskey. Oh, good call. Hmm, lots to choose from. Do you want a selection from the top shelf? Definitely. The chosen one whiskey, please. Why that one? Well, there was this battle. It's over, Anakin. I have the higher ambient temperature. You underestimate my proofing. You were the chosen one. It was said you'd destroy bad whiskeys, not join them. I'll barrel you. You were my distillery, Anakin. Wow. Okay. I guess instead of top shelf, it should be called the high ground. Yeah, no. Like any good scotch, it gets darker as it ages. Chosen one whiskey. All the body, none of the legs. I wonder if they use chosen one whiskey in the, um, like the Coruscant cooler and the Tatooine sunset drinks. <gasps> Oh, those drinks. That's right. We had those drinks. Yeah, all of those we drinks. We did. <laughs> well, and it was a long day. Sun in the summertime was yes. probably a poor choice. Yes. Well, yeah. But we got those blinking uh, quasi uh, uh, ice cubes, right? From the, uh, right, the Death Star. Right. And, and they, the... every time they were like, do you want to? We're like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> do you want a Millennium Falcon? Like, yes. yes. <laughs> do you want a Millennium uh, the Death Star? Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> 
so yeah, so we got those. They uh, were little LED accents for your drinks. Yeah, so got those, and and of course we got to enjoy Dagobah swamp juice. That's right. Yeah, which, huh? I mean, enjoyment not included, maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's no yeah, blue milk, so they but had you know, themed. They had like the themed food and drink offerings, and Darth Vader chicken and waffles was Emily's favorite because the waffles had little Darth Vader heads in them. Very cool. Yeah. You know, all that stuff really kind of brought you into an immersion that you didn't have before. Right. You know, if you go to a con, there's like stuff you can see, stuff you can, you know, look at and all. I mean, you can see it or you can look at it, take your pick. But, (laughs) um, you know, this with like stepping into it was really a very cool immersive experience. And it's, you know, led to what they do now with not only Galaxy's Edge, but with, you know, Pandora and Toy Story Land and all, and now apparently Avengers Campus. Mm-hmm. Um, they they kind of drop you into that, which they, they've perfected over their time with, with Star Wars Weekend. For sure. Cadence of experiences for me was a Star Wars Weekends with you in the last year, in the last iteration. Then we did a celebration in Orlando and then five days in Chicago. So as an exposure for me within Hollywood studios, walking into a land that I I think we had gone once or twice to Hollywood studios, not on a Star Wars weekend, just as an experience to see the, the park itself when we moved in 2003 as a family, just like sort of experiencing it. So to walk in there and see the Star Wars uh, twist to the entire park and experiencing it as the characters walking around and how immersive that became for me, it was like, oh, my gosh, I've never seen something so Star Wars centric before in my life and how awesome it was. The additional pieces to each one of these experiences. Now, you can speak to it more than I can because you've been you know, you had been going at that point since 2010. But the opening of the day, Carline and the, those weekend celebrities, and that was a regular uh, occurrence, wasn't it? Yeah, they um, they would have each each of the four weekends was um, you know had its own celebrity guest that would autographs that they were doing, like panels that they would participate in. And of course, the motorcade, they would have their little convertibles and be flanked by 501st members and Rebel Legion members and just going through the whole thing. And, you know, they would have people, you know, like James Arnold Taylor and uh, (laughs) Cat Tabor, all these uh, all these people from the Clone Wars and also the the main saga as well. You know, they had Billy D. Williams and mm-hmm. Warwick Davis were typically a part of that as well as Peter Mayhew and, and Jeremy Bullock were mainstays. Ray Park the, was there too. I saw some of those. Yeah, uh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and of course, the weekend that you and I went, that that year, actually, they, they opened the weekends with Frank Oz. It's almost Yoda. as if they they knew. Well, not that they, as if they knew. And they, they and they closed them yes. with Palpatine, Ian McDermott. And so, obviously, as a as a company, they know what's going on. And so, I you know, the 2015 lineup was actually quite stellar. It was huge for those four weekends. Um, 
Actually, it was five weekends at that point. Really? Yeah, the last two years they um they increased it. Ah, yeah, uh huh, uh huh. Um, so that parade of stars was fantastic, and the other cool addition to the Star Wars weekends was the the Jedi Temple stage, where you could uh become a Jedi and just sort of perform the rituals and the trials to become a Jedi. And that stage at Hollywood studios, that was just literally adjacent to the star tours that was only open on those weekends. And you could have your child, you know, go through the trials and everything. And now of course we've been there many times and I'm, I'm sure many people have been there as well. And it's a mainstay of, of the experience there, but that was a, a very exclusive thing to at start at least to be part of. Yeah. And uh, not only that, um, you know, as it grew to surpass the weekends only and become a year-round experience, you know, generic instructors that would teach you the ways of the Force and lightsaber combat. Mm -hmm. But on those weekends, you had very interesting opponents uh, because it was either Darth Maul or Vader. And, and then your, you know, relatively unknown instructors. Right. So on those weekends, you would get, you know, people like Asajj Ventress and you would, and imagine, and and not only that, so Emily has a third degree Jedi, uh, according to the Jedi temple, because (laughs) she's done it three times. Um, So the first time she fought Vader and then the second time she went, she didn't, want to fight vader she said can i fight someone else and he said why is vader scary he's not really that scary you know and she's like i'm not scared of him i beat him last time i want to be somebody else <laughs> so i was like oh all right so then next she, challenge then, whatever yeah exactly you know level up so <laughs> so then she she fought ventress uh and she won because she was trained by ahsoka tano oh yeah so, so cool yeah, so she did that, and then um, so Ahsoka was was there in the flesh, and it was neat because then they would have these photo ops with these characters, and a lot of them they had these like Clone Wars card backs as photo backdrop sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it looked like the uh, the action figure card back. Nice. And then you and the you and the character would be in there, and uh, that's and then, cool. They had like a set of binders set up down where where you would meet either Boba or Jenga Fett, and um, so you'd put your wrists in the binders, and they were, you know, it's it's it kind of some cool stuff. That's cool. Of course, they had the uh, Akbar snack bar, <laughs> which you know, obviously he would peddle his yogs and uh, and other such uh, delicacies from Moncala, right? And um, and also. Darth Maul, shopping mall, where where you could you know meet some other characters and buy all the stuff. Um, <laughs> not a Walmart had, though, not and, Walmart. And, and, no, no, it's not half price. Um, in there one year, Rick Bowler and Eric Hollander brought along their custom built life size Rancor rocks. Wow, are you serious? And these guys are the same guys that built the Lugga Beast. That we saw at <gasps> Celebration. Are you serious? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so wow. like, the Rancor was totally legit. Like you, you, like when Mark, when Mark Hamill was there, yeah. um, he took photos with it. No, I mean, it was, yeah, it's crazy. So that was there and it was like, it was incredible. And, uh, and we got chastised for smacking it with a lightsaber, but you know, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, so yeah, but it, it, you know, that kind of stuff that, that you wouldn't see anywhere. I don't know what they did with them, but they did the original trilogy um, posters right. um, in Lego Mosaic. Gosh. I'm sorry. I'll rephrase that. We did <laughs> the original trilogy posters in Lego Mosaic. You got like a little two-inch square that had like painted on, you know, colors of, of Lego that you've put on. And then you would put them on there and on the back it had a number of where it went. And then you would stick it on the That's wall so cool. where it goes. So we took part in the Return of the Jedi one. Nice. That they, they were That's doing. so cool. Yeah, they did uh, like the first weekend, you know, the first three weekends were, you know, episode four, five and six. And then the last weekend was like a like a collage of the, the whole original trilogy. What year was that? I do not remember okay. which year that was. Um, well, we'll reach I out would... to our listeners, see if they uh, see if anybody has a. Yeah. Uh, took part in that experience as well. That's I would, really cool. I would venture a guess is to say it's probably 2012, maybe. Cool. Yeah, 2011, maybe. And you talk about being immersive. You know, Star Wars celebrations that were outside of Star Wars weekends were going on mm -hmm. with, you know, with regularity. And like we talked about before in other episodes and, and also just tonight where we talked about how celebration is a fan-centric experience where you know everybody who's there is a star wars nut whereas at hollywood studios the smattering of people who are there that day may or may not be there for star wars but you got a sense of how star wars nature comes into the experience of being in real life and seeing these characters whether it's face paint or stormtroopers it brings it to life. It jumps off the screen. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're, even if you're like a casual Star Wars fan, like, like you're there with your spouse and they're like a super fan and they're like, and you go to Darth Maul and her universe booth mm. and you're like, oh, well, this is, uh, you know, focused on, you know, female fans. Let's go. They got some cute outfits. Oh, and here's Ashley Eckstein standing here just talking with people and talking about the inspiration behind her, you know, uh, clothing accessories and just standing around chatting people up. Are you serious? That was like yeah. a decade yeah. ago. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. Although, of course, you know, when we were in celebrations, you know, Chicago, we had the same experience, but with a decade's worth of uh, <laughs> exposure yeah. and and uh, celebrity status. But that's that's wow. That's cool. Yeah, it's just like that's not only is it like, oh, well, here's all this cool, nerdy female Star Wars stuff, but the creator is right here, you know, just hanging out mm. and she's in Star Wars, you know, it's, like, <laughs> it's cool. It's really like it's 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 a whole different um, exposure, yeah. you know, yeah, to just to be like, wow, this these people are here just 
loving this, yeah, you know, yeah. loving the, the, the fan interaction and the opportunity to, to kind of be a part of all of this. So we come to 2015. Yeah. And you had talked to me many years about Star Wars weekends. And obviously, you know, Disney is not cheap. It's a, it's a, it's an investment, especially as an annual pass holder, but even a day. But that year that we had planned to go, my wife, you know, Dak or Bernie or Bernadette has many different names for many different people. <laughs> she bought my ticket for one of those Star Wars weekends as a Father's Day present. She had said, well, just go and have fun. And uh, so it was a great present. And for you and I, we had looked at this day as our first experience together going through Star Wars. So at the time, of course, we had the uh, silkscreen printer. We were working on <laughs> concepts for yep. T-shirts and Chewie were home. And at this point, the yes. trailer for Force Awakens had come and the Hollywood Studios water tower was still up. And so we had done yes. some concepts for that. So we had worked <laughs> months and months in advance to just explore this Star Wars day. And like, honestly, when I look back at that day, for you and I, from my perspective, I look at this as our Star Wars anniversary of you and I really delving into the Star Wars universe. And it's I forever look at that day as a wonderful experience and because it was so much fun. And it was, uh, you know, we had... <laughs> <laughs> on our teesprings uh, uh it was funny i was just updating it today with our logo but <laughs> we had the one hit wonder for the uh, uh and dan and the uh, modal nodes we had done yes. that t-shirt and we had no idea we had made a t-shirt one hit wonder all right and literally if you go today right now whatever you listen to this there's going to be a t-shirt on our teespring uh shop and there's a capture from the cantina and you have all the, all the <laughs> band members and we get to star Wars weekends and <laughs> they are there. Yeah. Figure and Dan and the band are there. You know, it's weird. They were playing the same song. They were playing the same song because it's a one hit wonder. And we, what we were wearing, how many t-shirts were we wearing? We were wearing three t-shirts layers wise. Four. 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 <laughs> so we walked into the park and almost, the first experience we had was Figure and Dan were playing the song in just right near the Indiana Jones experience. And they were playing the song and all the characters who were in costume, like the cast members, I literally lifted my T-shirt to expose the, the uh, one hit wonder. And one of the cast members stopped playing, broke character and came over to me and started pointing at my T-shirt, pointed at yours. <laughs> And brought his other characters over. It was such an awesome experience. So, you know, for obviously for Star Wars fans, it's a huge thing. But for for us, it was like we had spent literally months making and printing these T-shirts just to have fun with it. We had planned, you know, wardrobe changes throughout the day. And to see them as cast members and characters within the universe <laughs> react so positively to us who are fans talk it was an amazing experience and i'll never forget that yeah uh they, they were they were some pretty brilliant t-shirts um 
Oh man. Yeah. It's just, it, and you know, and the, the other thing too was if you're older than age 14, um, you can't wear costumes, in right. park, which some people would argue that you could go in dressed pretty much exactly like Han Solo and get away with it. <laughs> uh, but, but I, you know, regardless, regardless, um, uh, Hondo's next. Um, uh, you know, these weekends didn't have those restrictions. People, like, there was a, a fully dressed fan as, as Darth Maul with the face paint. He had Mickey your hat, you know, with the horns in it, you know, <sighs> and um, countless Jedi, just all sorts of, like, um, people dressed up as characters in Disney. And yeah. then, you know, you've got these immersive places like uh star tours where you've got the whole endor scene and then tatooine traders right outside of that where you it looks like tatooine moisture evaporators and everything so from a background perspective you got so many good places to like to photo yes. you have the speeder bike but you know that sort of stuff is just is just one, another one of the cool sort of exclusive opportunities of those weekends yeah I thought I told you to shave before we left. I did. Twice. My razor is awful. Is your shaving razor not cutting it? The new Ultra Edge Vibra Blade by Lord Mantel Cosmetics will have you looking smooth every time. It's portable and it disintegrates the stubble on contact. So no mess. Hmm. Let me give it a try. That's so much better. And just in time for the show. The Ultra Edge, for when you want the closest shave. Also available in Vibro Hedger for that special Wookiee in your life. We talked about before the panels. You know, you and I, we went to uh, James Arnold that's, Taylor's. That's where we discovered the brilliance of James Arnold oh, Taylor. My gosh. You and know, we had appreciated his voice acting in what we knew he acted in. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then found out, and in fact, because I had seen him prior, I had seen him do the Obi-Wan and Beyond, the one-man Right, right, yeah. And um, I said, no matter what we do today, we have to catch this show. And you're like, okay, whatever, dude, you're weird. (laughs) Um, And then you, you know blindly trusted me for some reason (laughs) but then you saw why oh my gosh when the backdrop came from the scene in revenge of the sith and the audio was blocked out and he mimicked ewan mcgregor yes i mean i'm getting chills right now it was the emotion the passion it was unbelievable and he closed the show with that and was like oh my gosh (laughs) yeah holy holy crap that was and you know talk about a great person and personable and positive and you know he's got very spiritual and he focuses on the person and just a great person all around so which of course is why we love the guy and we'd love to have him on our show absolutely so if you know james arnold taylor send him our way Um, (laughs) shameless we're shameless shameless um However, yeah, it was 
it was just such a cool thing and 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 he was the host for for several years of of the entire weekend yeah which yeah. which meant that you know not only was he doing his one man show which which is fantastic it's all over youtube um you should watch it because yeah. i watch it every so often just because of how great it is <laughs> but you know to then also host these panels with other other people yeah. from from the franchise um was really cool because you know even if it's people that he not hasn't necessarily met or were in the original trilogy or the prequels things like that that he didn't have a direct part of you know he he knew the world and just how to connect with these people to, to make a fascinating interview and and a great um panel yeah he's got like very natural hosting abilities like um warwick warwick, warwick exactly we saw ian in the same auditorium and talking about his experiences and how personable he was i mean i will never forget that story he was talking about where when they were filming i mean literally he was talking about one of the most pivotal scenes in mm -hmm. all of mm -hmm. star wars lore and the the darth plagueis scene and he was as he said on death's door sick mm -hmm. and he was still filming so not only is he a professional he's pushing through it he was sick as a dog at that point and he still delivered that performance that we all know and love and have repeated many many times just such a great character and a great actor but also very open and very approachable and very warm and inviting and with having experienced the celebration seeing these actors in the Star Wars weekend, which unfortunately are no longer around, you still get that connection to those fans who were in that auditorium. And it was packed. There was no room whatsoever. Oh, we no. Go, we got there, uh, what, an hour early, lined up. and At least. Yeah. At least. And by the time it got there, they were, um, it was, there was not a, like, uh, you we know. We were under the canopy, but barely. Yes. And there was not one inch of space between anybody. And, you know, the, I'm mm -hmm. sure there are people who are turned away to be able to experience the story that he's going to be giving. And that connects those fans to the Star Wars franchise. And it was, it was a wonderful experience. It, again, it offers something that you, you know, didn't necessarily ask for, um, yes. that you yeah. didn't necessarily know you were going to get. Um, but then it's like, okay, well, you know, while we're here and they're here, let's check this out. And, yeah. and then you get such cool experiences, you know, yeah, and, you know, so much fun. It was, oh, you know, and when we got the posters, we were literally, literally exiting the park when we got the Chewy and Yoda posters. Ah, we should probably pick mm -hmm. these things up. And within what three months of that day, we found out mm -hmm. that Star Wars weekends will be no more. Mm -hmm. But with that pain, knowing that there was a new star wars experience a permanent experience coming to uh hollywood studios which of course turned out to be uh, galaxy's edge uh, it's still mm -hmm. it was hard to deal with that option where you know we had at that point annual passes and those star wars weekends were going to be no more but we had no idea of course of galaxy's edge and the upcoming hotel experience which you know if we hopefully pool our kids together, we can somehow sell them and be able to attend. 
But we're gonna need more kits. You're, but docking bay, the launch bay. Launch bay. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah. knowing that launch bay will eventually open again in Hollywood Studios, but also then Galaxy's Edge, the presence of Star Wars is still you know still very strong within Hollywood Studios. But that those Star Wars weekends really presented a uh, celebration esque experience for mm-hmm. people who may not have had the opportunity or even knew about the celebration uh, events going on to really get in touch with the characters and the story at such a personal level. You know, it brought almost like a mini con into Disney. Yes. Oh, that's, that's, which, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, is really cool because if you've got, you've got people that, you know, maybe they like the franchise and they, you know, they're, they're interested in that sort of thing, but that's either not really their scene or, or the, you know, they don't have the, the, the financial means to do it, things like that. It's like, well, you know, they're going to be at Disney mm-hmm. and this is an opportunity to kind of experience that on, on a certain level. Yes. You know, it's not, it's not, by no means is it the full con experience that you would <laughs> get at a convention, but it's, it's got several of those components that you can feel like you've been a part of something like that. I thought one of the coolest things that they had added uh, kind of later on in the weekends, um, maybe the last four or five years, maybe, was the Symphony in the Stars uh, firework. That's and, true. Um, oh, my gosh. And um, like pyrotechnic and laser light show. You're right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And they had what was the last time we were there. And they did the projections on oh. the uh, Chinese theater. So cool. And then you got John Williams. A brilliant cap to the day. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you're doing all this stuff, and, and most of you are Star Wars fans or super fans or giant geeks. And, <laughs> um, and so you're going through all this stuff, and then. To finish it out like that was almost like the credits ah, from the movies, you know, yeah. when you get that da 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 and the yeah. music, and then it's, you know, it's that's kind of like that great cap to to that awesome day, and then you got you got fireworks with it and lasers and stuff. This is cool. It's awesome. Yeah. We were fortunate enough to have Orlando as one day, but you know, Chicago is a five day experience. Those Star Wars weekends will be forever a little window into Star Wars before the acquisition, but also it's a very different experience for Star Wars fans or ca- like you said, st- casual fans it was a brilliant way you said it because you're there for Disney, but hey, there's more Star Wars today. Hey, that's pretty cool. And you see the characters walking around. Uh, I mean, I remember the day we were there, we were... Um, I think waiting to get in for the drinks and the uh, was it three or four stormtroopers and the imperial officer came about and um, <laughs> there was a young child uh, I think he was wearing a Darth Vader T-shirt and the imperial officer they were doing a pose they just like all stopped and uh, and the the imperial officer looked down at the child saw his Vader T-shirt and patted his head and said. I predict a great future for you, my son. <laughs> and it was an in-character moment. It was it was ad-libbed, 
but the yes. I think the father laughed. Of course, you and I laughed our heads off because we understood the implications of it. And but that was the connection to it is that the in-universe experience was beyond just a poster or a static image that you saw. It was the the characters who were there that brought Star Wars to life for those moments. And for a small portion of people who were in there that day, um, brought Star Wars to a more intimate level. Yes. That's what we've all wanted our entire lives. Yes. <laughs> like, just like to be in Star Wars. Yes. Really. That's, that's, that's what we've wanted. That's what so, we've wanted. you know, you, you do get a taste of that, you know, prior to Galaxy's Edge opening, you get a taste of that walking through the queue at Star Tours and really getting into the exit of Tatooine traders and all. You get a taste of like, oh, this is in Star Wars. But to have those live components, like like R2MK um, just <laughs> roaming through the crowd and just beeping and, and you know, humming like M-I-C-K-U-I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> through you know through crowds of people it's just it's just it's cool it's it's such a neat immersion that that you you weren't getting prior to that and yeah. and parts of that well the immersion part they've absolutely nailed with batu you know just just the different characters from the saga from the different parts of it and all you know it's it's something that was really very cool because you could you could come across captain rex yeah. And, you know, he'd just he'd be there, you know, and he would take pictures and stuff. It's, it's cool. It's yeah. an awesome time. One of my favorite things that wasn't mentioned was getting to know Mark Hamill a little bit through his um, interview. And he just was super down to earth and really, and he was there a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I, I drove up Friday just in time for the parade and saw him come out on the convertible on the back of the car and you know everybody went berserk i lost my voice and he was looking behind him like he thought something happened behind him <laughs> and it's like no this is for you because you're luke effing skywalker <laughs> um and that's the first time he made mention of his contractually obligated beard that he Ooh. at the at the time could not stand the whole interview he is like itching and and wow. really just having a tough time with it they had announced the new trilogy so he kept saying that he had this contractually obligated beard for a little film he was doing and um <laughs> you know it was it was something that he was immediately going to shave so after filming he did and then he grew it back to <laughs> Now he's now he's got a beard, <laughs> like in regular life. That's so because, cool. You know, that's, that's how it goes. <laughs> wow. But yeah, so like that kind of stuff that you know you're not gonna. It's that level of candid that that you're not really gonna experience any more formal than that. You know. Right, and you've got you've got to look into the future of his character and the actor who was going to be appearing or had already appeared in um, that final scene that was filmed by Ryan Johnson for uh, last Jedi, but was appearing at the end of um, force awakens. Like, wow, that's wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was, that was one of my other uh, 
favorite parts. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was a very, very special time, certainly in the history of Hollywood Studios. And thankfully, we both had a chance, well, you more than me, but both had a chance to experience it. And hopefully um, some people who did or who didn't had, a, you know, enjoyed listening to what we talked about tonight. Yeah. And if they ever want to start them back up, I know a couple people that would really enjoy that. <laughs> Just a couple. <laughs> and Tom and Michelle, who we start off with talking about, even I think they even said in our episode that um, it was an experience that was only available on our coast. Yeah. Yeah. The Star Wars weekends was just just East Coast, which, you know, made it even more special. Yeah, it did. All right. I guess that will cap our Star Wars weekends. Yes. All right. We are on uh, our website is um, uh, StarWarsWeekends.com. No, um, <laughs> sorry. It's um, Conversations.com. We've got the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Conversations. We're on Twitter at Suations. We've got an Instagram, and that's at that's Conversations on there. We've switched over to our T Public store, <laughs> um, where where you'll find uh, where you'll find the one hit wonder. Uh, <laughs> yes, design. yes. Oh my gosh, so ridiculous! And um, you know, I think and we're 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 in Red Five Network. Yes. So if you uh, if you like us, you'll probably like most of the people <laughs> in there as well. And. Uh, yeah, we we made a lot of good friends through there as well. Yes. Yeah, that about covers it. So, uh, you gonna take us out? I guess so. Um, in the uh, in the spirit of Star Wars weekends, um, I guess there's only one way to do this. Ah, uh-huh. may the force be with you. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. Red 5 Network.